All right, hello and welcome in to the latest episode of the From A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Arthur Williams, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Zach Boyd. Zach, how's it going, man? Man, what a what a what a wild couple of weeks it's been here in Columbia, South Carolina. You know, things are just going getting crazy, man. It's you know, things that the football team hasn't done in so long and you know, taking down A&M for the first time since being in the SEC and taking down Kentucky at Kentucky for the, you know, breaking that streak. And I mean, everything else that's going on, we've we got a big show, man, to talk about. Yeah. And, you know, to start to show off, we want to talk a little bit about the rebranding of the university, not just for academic purposes, but for athletic purposes as well. In case if you missed it, which I wouldn't know how you did. Um, all over social media, the 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 University of South Carolina has dropped the of, which is a huge deal for me. We're no longer U of SC. We went back to USC with a sleek and simple classic design uh, with the eighteen oh one on it, and uh, what a major major win for the new university president. Absolutely. Coming out swinging and swinging hard, man. Like, you know, the new president, he made that a thing for him because a lot of alumni, a lot of former players, a lot of, uh, you know, even coaches have even commented on the fact about U of SC. And it's just, it's not good, man. It it was never a good thing to run with. And to get USC back, it meant a lot to fans, meant a lot to me because, I mean, all my – memorabilia that I have, you know, has to uh, correlates with USC in a way. I mean, one of my favorite hats is from the nineties. It's, it's a throwback and it says USC and university of South Carolina. It's one of the bar hats. You can't find them anywhere. You have to have them specially made and they're a cost of fortune, but you know, it, things like that. I mean, people proudly wear USC and yeah. when they went to that U of SC, man, people were not feeling that. I mean, so many people were against that. So it's, it's good to get that back, man. It almost feels like, uh, you know, a touch of Kaslin is off, you know, along with that as well. Yeah. And and you know what, Zach? There's people out there that want to talk about, all oh, USC is in California and everything. But I just need to say this and clear the air. And then I don't have anything else to say about it. You know, if you are in America, you were born here, you go to college, and you don't know one of the original 13 states, which South Carolina was. Mm-hmm. Okay. 1801, California wasn't even granted statehood yet. Mm-hmm. If you don't know that and you think the real USC is in California, you probably should go back to fourth grade and learn social studies and geography and all this other stuff. All over again. Oh yeah, yeah. I <laughs> the the thing for me about USC and Southern Cal being called USC. I, fact of the matter is, they can't sell out their games. Their atmosphere is an absolute joke. LA on a Saturday during college football season is is, is an absolute joke. And there's just it's just not there. I mean, it's it's even less than an NFL game. I've seen more people tailgate for for prof- professional games than for the Southern Cal games. I mean, like, come on! It, it, it's it's nuts, man. Like we, it, it's just uh, you know, I, I I bet they have avocado toast on 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 pita bread at their at their tailgates. Oh, dude, you already know. You already know, man. Yeah, 
So, <laughs> they clean, clean eats out there, but I, I'll tell you what, man, that, that city is disgusting. I, I, I will call them out right now. I've been there a couple of times and parts of the city, don't get me wrong. It's, you know, you got your history with Hollywood and whatnot and not all of LA is bad, but a lot of it is. Um, so there's people that also say that the real USC is in Southern Cal. I'd, I'd, I'd venture to say they've never been out there themselves, but uh, that's that's my personal thoughts about uh, Southern Cal. Um, yeah. you know, it's great to get it back, man. Great to get USC back into the to the fold, to our name, that to what we really grew up knowing. Because you know, with us growing up in the '90s, I mean, USC was South Carolina, Absolutely. University of South Carolina. You watched the game on Jefferson Pilot Sports on NBC. Um, the, you know the other networks out there. You know, it was USC. It wasn't Scar. It was USC. It wasn't U of SC. It was USC. So, I, I'm just I'm I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic to see what kind of uh, merch is about to come back out with that with that logo. I'm just I'm I'm stoked, man. Yeah, I mean, most of those kids in Southern California's campus can't even tell you who Matt Leinart is. Which, <laughs> the only reason they know Reggie Bush is because of the Heisman controversy. Correct. So. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on that, you know. Yeah. As we mentioned, major dub for the for the new president. But mm. uh, moving on, South quite a a large game for them. To me, Zach, you know, it doesn't matter if Texas A and M is down. Doesn't matter if they're bad. You know. To do something that you've never done before, that's always huge in any sport because that gives you confidence to continue being able to do it. Absolutely does. Right? Oh, yeah. And and finding a way to win that game, jumping out 17 nothing, you know, you, you end up feeling like you've done something that can carry it on. And now you look again in the AP polls and South Carolina's ranked for the first time in what? Since 2018. Yeah, so it's been a long time coming. And obviously notable, notable player performances and different things like that. But, Zach, I kind of want to get your thoughts on the game and, and what happened. Well, first things first, man, you know, going into playing Texas A&M, personnel, I don't care who's suiting up for those guys. End of the day, you you break that streak, which was South Carolina, it's what they did. And, you know, with, with Texas A&M, if they, they showed a comparison as far as star ratings. It was a five, four-star rate, rating. I think Carolina might have even had half of what A&M had compared to those those ratings. So, you know, it always goes, it goes to show what, what's going on with South Carolina's culture compared to Texas A&M culture with what they've got going on right now. You know, I, I said at the beginning of the season, and, 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 you know, we've talked about this, is that I had confidence that South Carolina was going to be Texas A&M. And this was before the season started. The reason why, because Texas A&M did not have an identity going into the season, and they still don't have one right now. Yeah. They still but, don't have one. You, you know, Zach, it, it's funny you bring that up, because while South Carolina has an identity for special teams – Mm-hmm. And an identity defensively. Mm-hmm. They recently just found their identity offensively, and even then we kind of get away from it. Right. Um, you know, because if we had stuck with the run game, I find it hard to believe that AM even makes it a game late. No, so, no, no. no, no. Uh, but 
talking about offensive schemes and play calling and stuff. That's that's gonna have to be a different episode. But uh, you know, talking about the culture, Zach. A and M has a lot, and I'm gonna let you dive into A and M. But I want to talk a little bit about Auburn. Yeah, um, yeah. The the same year that Shane Beamer was hired, Brian Harson got hired at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Within a year into Brian Harson's tenure, you know that athletic department got really toxic, really fast. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to fire him allegedly for sleeping with his assistant. Mm-hmm. And now here it is, Brian Harson isn't letting freshman redshirt. Yeah. And so far, uh, uh, you know, based off my last count, nine of the 18 signees from his first class have now transferred out. Mm-hmm. And then you turn around and, and you're talking about a guy who the writing's basically on the wall. Mm-hmm. You know? You you want to talk about culture and, and things being rotted from the inside out? Take a good look at Auburn, right? You know, and A and M's no different. You know, Zach, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go ahead and and talk about A and M and the different things that they got going on. Well, the thing that really stuck out to me going into this game, um, kind of one of the recruiting rankings. So you look at okay, 2022 Texas A and M had the number one recruiting class. Okay, great. Yeah. Right now, it's sitting in the country. They were, last time I looked, they were sitting at like 18. So they were sitting a couple spots behind South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Consistency matters. I don't care how many five, four stars that you get. If you don't repeat that next recruiting class with more of those kids alike, you're going to have your problems. And it, it showed throughout the season, you know, kind of getting more into the season, what's going on at Texas A&M. There was, you know, rumors about things being said. The coaches, there's been video of – Texas A&M players hauling ass, excuse my language, through a parking garage on campus. And all of this stuff matters because now you've got, uh, before, I guess it happened during or before the South Carolina game, is that, you know, they uh, Texas A&M suspended indefinitely three players at Texas mm-hmm. A&M because of a post-game locker room incident, which has been told they were smoking weed before the game. Hell, Zach, if you get beat like that and had the crowd scare the shit out of you, Pardon my French. Uh, with eighth ball starts, I'd probably smoke some weed too to calm my nerves down after the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, think, I think Jimbo wanted to smoke some of that. Yeah, some of that green. You know what I mean? Probably after, after that game, uh, based on his play calling, he probably was smoking some before the game. Uh, he but, might have. He might have. No, um, you know it's. But you know, there's more stuff going on there too, man. With Texas A&M, yeah. there's talk players talking about transferring. You know, it's getting into the transfer portal. Um, it's just well, the, tough right this, now. It's just going off the list, you know. Mm-hmm. You're talking about numerous four- and five-star players that don't want to be there anymore. Then you got one that pretty much said that he was told by the coaching staff that he's not welcome back in the yep. building anymore. Yeah. You know, their ace punter, and that guy's really good. Like, <laughs> We have Kai Kroger, and I'm glad we have Kai Kroger. And, and I'm telling you, that guy's really good. Pete Limbo said in his press conference, that's probably one of the better punters we'll face all year. Yeah. So yeah. Being able to flip the field like they did was pretty solid. Do you know how bad things have to be for a punter to transfer out of your program? <laughs> it, it can't be too good, man. You know what I mean? It can't be too good at all because they, they don't, you know. 
it, it's got to be bad. You know, it's it's gotten to a point where Texas A and M is that this NIL thing. They took they. I mean, they really have taken more more bite than what they can shoot, more than they can handle. You look at South Carolina, what they've done with Park Avenue and getting all this, you know, going and how they've handled the NIL. They've handled this thing perfectly. I don't know with all the oil money going on with Texas A&M right now, but it is definitely not a good situation down there in uh, College Station. Not well, a good one at all. Well, here's the thing, Zach. With, with college football recruiting, right, it's, it's, it's always a challenge because, God, and I feel like an idiot because I'm about to quote Dabo Sweeney here. <laughs> but, I mean, when he's right, he's right. I don't care how much of a goofball you think the man is. When he's right, he's right. And he said something that stuck with me years ago. He said, I might miss on a player. He said, but I would rather miss on the right player than get the wrong player in the program. Because if you miss on the right player, that player may beat you once a year. Mm-hmm. But if you sign the wrong guy, if you get the wrong guy, that guy beats you every day in practice and yeah. workouts and during the game. Takes your locker room down to another level, absolutely. And so when you look at AM situation, here's a bunch of super talented kids. Mm-hmm. But they're kids. Yep. We have to tell the truth. They're kids. And you give these kids, in a lot of cases for these guys, life-changing money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely is life-changing money. Some, some of those kids are making more than more money than we'll ever see in our lifetime And for these NIL deals. You're, you're talking about being in a situation where now here you are away from home with this life-changing money. Mm-hmm. And you're expected to go out there and do something that's hard. Sports is hard. Oh, yeah. You got to wake up at 5 a.m. to go to workouts. You got to get to class on time. You got to practice. And you got to study your playbook. And you got to get ready for the games. Like That stuff is hard. Mm-hmm. And if you just don't have the maturity to handle it with this life-changing money, you're not going to listen to anything anybody says. Nope. Bottom line. Jimbo got more money than all of them, but I may as well tell you now, you give me a million dollars and put me out there with Jimbo Fisher and that archaic-ass offense, Jimbo yelled at me one time, I'm going to tell him straight up, kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jimbo, hey, Texas A&M just paid way too much for him. And it was funny when he was at Florida State, I mean, he wasn't that great of a coach either. I mean, just James Winston and Kelvin Benjamin were freaks of nature in college. Um yeah. So, you know, but anyway, I mean, going to, you know, kind of talk about that A&M game itself. I mean, man, the kids that were there, the fans that were there, the all the students that were there, man, they brought a whole nother level to that atmosphere. I mean, it's a top 10 atmosphere in, in at least the last 20 years. Because here's the thing, when the state fair is in town, the state fair can ruin a lot. You know, it can ruin a lot of, you know, your parking situation at the state fairgrounds. You might not go because of that because you're pissed off about it. I get it. Some people were. You know, or, or, you know, just in general, the traffic is living hell down there. Yeah. But the fans went, they showed out, they were loud the whole time. They accounted for it, what you said earlier, eight false start penalties, which for whatever reason was the only penalties against Texas A&M, which makes yeah. no especially that egregious. Don't get me, don't get me started on oh, that. I, no, I got, I got to talk about that. I got to talk about that call before we talk more about this game. 
that call PI, you never, and I repeat, never pick up the flag on a PI like that. I mean, just Bush League, man. Like, (laughs) I just, I don't know, man. Hopefully, Beamer sent film or something or whoever sent tape to the SEC on that because that was just awful. Well, Zach, when you put up a a graphic bragging about missing 40% of your calls, you know, that tells me you aren't interested in trying to change. 40% is a lot. Yeah. You know, if you got in trouble at work and your boss said, well, I'm cutting your salary 40%, you'd cry. Yeah, you heard. You'd cry. You got to go home and tell your wife, honey, I messed up 40%. Mm -hmm. Gone. Mm -hmm. And she's going to be mad. Yeah. I don't know where we get this this off of, uh, you know, bragging about being wrong only 40% of the time. So I know, man. I, I don't know. But it, South Carolina, you know, I get the offense struggled at times in that game. But give it to – once again, give it to Marshawn Lloyd. I mean, the guy is just an absolute monster. I mean, he once he regained confidence in his knee, he's really shown to what he can truly be. You know, that five-star running back out of DeMatha that we – you know, watched, you know, in high school. So it's just awesome to have him do what he's been doing. The defense has been just playing lights out for the most part. I mean, there's some terrible pass interference calls and there's some terrible just in general calls that the guys got beat on coverage. They shouldn't got beat, but South Carolina still held Texas A&M for a pretty solid, you know, day through, through the, um, through the air. Um, I think we, I believe we held um, A&M less than, well, maybe just over 100 so yards for A-chain. Um, but overall, I mean, the team did what they needed to do. Special teams, again, limbo ball. Get it through your heads. P. Limbo is a mathematical genius. He's a national treasure. Keep him here forever. Pay him what he wants coming into you know to next season. Do what you got to do to keep him at Carolina, man, because that guy is amazing. Special Absolutely. teams showed out. I mean, like, it's, it's literally it's branded ball by that guy. So he's doing a hell of a job. And we just we're continuing to do the right things to win the game. I mean, sure, you know, South Carolina's offense looked confused at times with the play call, and I get it. We can sit here for an hour talking about that. But hmm. at the end of the day, South Carolina was what, fifty percent on third down? On third yeah. downs against AM. That's pretty good. Um so I mean, you know. Yeah, but I mean, they were on third down sixteen times. Yeah, no, I know. You know, know. can we can we get first and second down? You know, and not getting the third down so much. Yeah, it's great that we converted fifty percent, but I'd like to see that down around you know six, eight, maybe no more than eight. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, Um, I definitely agree there, and I I feel there was there were some bad calls in that one. You know, some bad play calls, but. Please don't get me started. On I'm that. not. I'm not. I'm not. We could. We could go a full hour talking about play calling. I'm. Just, you know, we're not going to bore people with that. And not try to tick people off while they're listening to the show either. Right. So give Give A and M credit, man. Um, they came in and they did what they they could do with uh, what they had, but at the same time, South Carolina's offensive line proved to be better than this very talented, very very talented defensive line of Texas A and M. So. I don't think we're giving enough credit to that offensive line the way they perform against A and M. So, yeah, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm happy. Now, this is where I thought we would be, and we are exactly where I thought we would be. So, 
we go in, we handle Missouri, take care of business against Vanderbilt, and then you got Florida, Tennessee, and Clemson. So I I'm I'm gonna remain optimistic. I'm staying with my eight and four right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I and I I, I can see the pathway to eight and four. Um you know, but I'm I'm just gonna take it a game at a time and up next we got Missouri and mm-hmm. if anybody knows me, I cannot stand Eli Drinkwitz. That's Eli Dorkowitz to you, sir. Uh, nope. I'm going to call him Drinkwitz because he makes me want to drink. Um, not necessarily because he's beaten South Carolina every year he's been a head coach. Um, it's the fact that he thinks he's Steve Spurrier and doesn't have the record to back it up. Right. Like, if you ever listen to him talk, he talks the most crap out of a head coach I've ever heard in my life. Like, like Dan Mullen is a dork. Mm-hmm. Okay? And he owns it as a dork. Mm-hmm. But Dan Mullen also don't just pop off at the gums and say a whole bunch of outlandish stuff and can't back it up. No. No, he doesn't. At the very least, you knew what Dan Mullen teams offensively, he could, he could get the work in. Mm-hmm. But you know, you look at Eli Drinkwitz this year offensively, and Zach, they just haven't been good. Brady Brady Cook is just not a very talented quarterback. He's not very good. I, I may as well just be honest. I'm I'm feeling like being candid tonight, and and this is just this is just pure honesty. I was told before the season that Eli Drinkwitz was constantly trying to find quarterbacks to recruit and to bring in because. Brady Cook and this other guy that they have behind him, he's kind of a mobile guy. These guys just aren't very good. The wide receiver core has underperformed. I mean, Luther Burton, outside of him, they, these guys have underperformed. Yeah. You know? Uh, you know, those guys that were the running backs, they were there 18 years and and different things like that. Those guys are gone now. Right, right. You know, and, and they're struggling offensively as a unit. They have a running back, I think, last name Pete or something like that. He, yeah, the thing. You know, he plays pretty physical and stuff like that. And defensively, they have been solid. I think they caught Georgia napping. Correct. I'm just, I'm just, I'm wary of them, but at the same time, like, I recognize a problem when I see one. Mm-hmm. And I think that their offense against our defense, our defense has the ability to be able to get uh, into it. Clark Brooks, who's with on three, um, you know, I've had some conversations with him and I saw that he charted up some Missouri stats. They had a bunch of runs that got charted and over half of them, they got hit in the backfield. Right. So this is, this is another game where their offensive line just, they're not what we're used to with, you know, this outside zone run scheme with Missouri and Drinkwitz dating back to when he was at NC State. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of my enemy recon when it comes down to it. I think that obviously in the SEC, you shouldn't take any game lightly. But if South Carolina continues to do what they've done the last two games, win the battle up front, which give Coach Lonnie Teasley, Nate, or not Nate Atkin, Atkins, but uh, Greg Atkins and Jimmy Lindsay and Sterling Lucas give those four guys right there a, a big round of applause because 
early on in the season, I called him soft. Anybody probably listening to the show probably called him soft. But the offensive line and the defensive line has stepped up tremendously oh, yeah. ever since the Georgia game. Yeah. They've battled a lot of adversity so far this season, losing, you know, two year top guys on defense and or, you know, two year there should have been top guys on defense with strong and Oh yeah, and, and while there's been missed assignments and stuff, they haven't been as glaring. No, no, not even. Not 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 even. Because you've got your guys like Gilbert Edmond, Eamon Worry, and um, you know, um Tonka and all those guys, they've stepped up in a major way. Alex Hunley coming back off an injury, so that's good to get him back. So you've and, got and something going on. Something that people I don't think realize is that Gilbert Edmond was the fifth defensive end. Yep. You know, now here's this guy we're talking about. I mean, he's in the backfield a lot. Mm-hmm. He's quick. Charter is one of the top 15 players in the SEC amongst edge mm-hmm. players at causing havoc. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about somebody who's really stepped up in a big way. Yeah. You're seeing development. And that's a that's a huge sign of a program trending in the right direction. Right. So, uh, you know. As as the case, I'm sticking with my theme this year because it's been working out for me. I'm not going to give a prediction on the Missouri game. Um, but let's just say I expect a win because I don't like drink wits. <laughs> so, yeah. I've, I mean, I gave predictions to start the season out, of course, and looking back to see if I can find it while we're talking here. I just – the biggest thing with Missouri, too, is that, you know, their offensive line, they're, you know, averaging, allowing over, you know, three sacks a game just about. Mm-hmm. And I feel like South Carolina is one of those teams that could really up the ante and get the, that sack number up to, to five. Um, so I, I feel cause just the way they're playing right now, and I think I think Missouri just they, – they're struggling in the trenches and they're struggling hard right now. Don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong. Missouri has a couple good, you know, some solid players on that defensive line, including the kid uh, from South Carolina. Um, I think it's Jeff Coat. I think his name is. Uh, I think Jeff Coat transferred out. Uh, Jeff Coat uh, went to LSU. No, I think Jeff Coat's still there. Him and Hopper. Um, well, Hopper is a very good linebacker. Yeah, yeah, he's good. But yeah. I, I think Jeff Coat went to LSU, if I'm not mistaken. But we'll maybe, have to check on that. Maybe he did, but I don't know. I'm 99% sure. I think I saw him play. But anyways, but they have a, a pretty solid defensive line. But, yeah, as far as the offense goes, it's very anemic. You know, they really have Luther Burden that has kind of stepped up in the last game or so, which he was almost acting as their Debo the way they had him playing the running back in the wide receiver position. So, yeah, I I feel like you stop him. And, I mean, they do have another wide receiver. It's in around the 500 receiving yards range so far. You stop those guys, I mean, I think they're going to be going to be easy to easy victory for South Carolina. Um, just off the the whole thing that you can't stop, you know, our defensive line. And as long as these guys are just blocking like they're supposed to, man, I I just don't foresee them winning. I just I, I just don't. I just, I just don't see it. Yeah. Well, Zach, time to talk a little recruiting. And third. Uh... In case if you missed it this past weekend, South Carolina issued a offer to Lenora Sellers, finally. Um, and earlier before we got on the show, Zach, I was talking to a coach, and uh, they may end up playing Sellers' team 
next week in the playoffs. Um, you know, Zach, he gushes about this kid. He says, listen, he's like, if, if this kid were to commit to South Carolina, he has no doubt in his mind that he, he'd come in and compete for, for playing time. I was like, are you sure? Because, you know, Tanner Bailey and Braden Davis and Jalen Daniels. And, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, he's like, let me tell you, I've seen this kid play. He's like, everything he does just looks effortless. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, it took a while for us to offer him. When I watch him on film, big on kid. He's got a collegiate frame. You know, what What else can you really say about him? You I know? Oh, dude, man, he could, he could spin it. He could ball out, man. He's very, very solid down there in Florence. And I, the thing about Lenoris is kind of interesting about his recruitment is that he was supposed to take – well, first of all, he was supposed to go to Clemson to see the Syracuse game last week. He didn't do that. And now he's canceling an unofficial visit he had with Syracuse this weekend. Mm-hmm. So – it seems to me that Lenoris has been waiting on his offer from South Carolina at this point. Yep. And to kind of, you know, talk about the rest of the recruits while we're on this, um, this topic is that South Carolina, you know, in the win against A&M, do you know how many big time recruits South Carolina had in the building for that, that win for the, at least for oh. the 24 class? Quite a few. Eight. They had eight top 100 guys for the 24 class in the building. And that follows as five-star athlete K.J. Bolden, four-star athlete King Joseph Edwards, four-star defensive end Dylan Stewart, who South Carolina apparently is uh, taking the lead with him, four-star wide receiver Zion Raggins, four-star defensive end Justin Green, four-star defensive lineman Heaven Brown Schuler, which HBS is originally from Columbia. So to get him back in South Carolina, that would that would be huge. Um, yep. Also, four-star quarterback Jade Bradford, who's risen from Chapin. Now he's at IMG. And then Josiah Thompson, four-star offensive tackle. That's, you know, right up the road. So, and, and there's a bunch of other players, too, man, that were there. I mean, South Carolina did so much work on Saturday night that they just – I don't think fans truly know, like, how big the impact that's going to be. Well, yeah, and, you know, back – a while ago when I started this podcast and things, Zach, I, I kind of did like a little show segment about what it takes to have a successful program mm-hmm. in college period. And, and I mentioned it being three-pronged. You know, obviously you need the right coaches. Obviously you need players. But I don't think people realize how much fan support goes into a winning program. Right. You make fun of Clemson all day long about how they're a cult. But at the end of the day, nobody, and I do mean nobody, loves the Tigers like those folks. Yeah, no, I think the true cult in college football is Texas A&M after seeing what happened at the midnight yell thing. Well, and then you got that, Zach, but then you go look at Tennessee. Yeah. Love the Vols, hate the Vols, but those fans – you know, they may have two teeth, but go big They haven't been relevant in so long, so they're just eating all this up. I mean, I couldn't tell you the last time they won, you know, 10-plus games in a season or 11 games in a season. It's been a while for them. Right. 
right, you know, but hey, here we are. Yeah. Fan support is super important. And a lot of times when recruits come and visit, while the games sometimes matter, the thing that they talk about is fan support. Yeah. Oh, man, the crowd was this, the crowd was that. You know, you Just make a difference. Games out, man. You make you make a difference. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. And and guys like Nicholas Harbor and and Dante Reno and and Jaden Bradford and Stephen Brown Schuler and all those guys those guys notice that stuff they see that stuff that's the <laughs> environment they want to play in because that's that's what Harbor was talking about you know when he came for the Georgia game he didn't talk about that score on the board he talked about the atmosphere the way the fans treated him before the game after the game. That's what those players care for because they know at the end of the day, and he knew what it was about. And, and, and you know, NIL, you know, that's that's another thing now that's going to be a part of a championship program. But, you know, guys like Harbor, big-time recruits, those guys are going to get NIL deals. Right? Yep. yep. At the end of the day, let's be honest. As a kid, you want to be on TV. You want your family to see you. You know, and you want – thousands of people screaming your name. Mm-hmm. And at South Carolina, especially these last couple of games, you've shown up and you've shown up big time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's just kind of my little spiel about, you know, different things like that. Like, seriously, guys, you guys make a difference. Like, a huge one. Yeah. I you know? can say it better, man. Like, really do. I mean, look at, look at the eight fall starts against Texas A&M. Yeah, I you guys did that. Yeah, I guarantee you it wouldn't have been the same if that if that stadium was fifty percent. Yeah, I mean, it, it, communication is key, man. And Cole uh, Cole Kublik on uh, SEC Network was talking about how loud it was on the sidelines, and he also said that they haven't seen an atmosphere like that this season yet, out of all That's the games they've been to. Sitting at home on my couch watching the game, Zach, when Leggett broke free, they had to turn the crowd noise down and turn the broadcast noise up. Yeah, just so they could talk. Yeah, sound barriers were broken <laughs> on that you know? kickoff. Like, so it was so loud in there, man. Xavier Leggett's shoe came off. That's jumped off his foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ran out his damn shoe. Yeah, you know. So again, you know, you make a difference. All right, and then Zach, uh, talking a little basketball here. Coach Paris and the in the men's basketball team had their uh, having their their madness event. Yep. You know, right now I saw a video of a, of a slam dunk competition where Gigi did a reverse three sixty with the ball between his legs and slammed it. That's that's some insane athleticism there, man. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I guess while we're on the topic of men's basketball, just my kind of outlook. I'm going to be honest, I don't know how many games we're going to win this year. But what I'm looking for is just steady improvement. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't want anyone to abandon Coach Paris just yet because he wasn't your guy or anything like that. Because I'm sure I'm going to see at least 100 tweets this season about this is why you go get B.J. Mackey or uh, Bashan Miller was at Hall's Chop House or whatever the hell. Um Mm -hmm. Coach Paris is a coach, mm-hmm. and 
you have to remember we did lose some guys early on with some injuries and different things like that. But, uh, you know, give the staff a chance to come in and do what they got to do. And um, hopefully at the end of the year, things look better than they did at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to, man, like you're, you're starting with a fresh slate, new kids. Obviously, Gigi's the headliner, and you've got a lot of transfers coming in, a lot of freshmen coming in. Um, you know, one big kid, kid I'm really big on is uh, uh, Hank and Sanford from Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. He's, he's a kid, man, that came, you know, was coming out of high school. He held offers, committable offers from Murray State and University of Tennessee, but went to South Carolina. And he's just a big body, and man. The guy was apparently holding Gigi down tonight, for what I've heard. So um, he's a kid that's going to get some serious minutes this season, I do believe. Um, you know, looking at a couple other things, I mean, Michi, I, I think Michi's going to have a good season. I think Chico's going to come around. I think Jacoby Wright's going to come around. Uh, hopefully Josh Gray really uses his size to be the impact that he can be because Josh Gray is just a massive human being. And that's coming from somebody that watched him play basketball and right right next to the guy. And it's you know, just, just a big dude. So I don't – I would say I don't have any expectations this season. Um, I know fans are going to try to have some expectations. But if you finish anywhere from not being last in the SEC, I mean, I think that's a, that's definitely a, a plus as much as I hate to say it. But that's just where we are. That's just where the program is right now. When you start over, I mean, you're, you're starting over. And the SEC, unfortunately, is not – uh, it's just not a basketball conference like it was 10 years ago when it was just like, yeah, whatever. You know, there's some teams that are good, some teams that are not. The SEC is a very challenging conference in basketball now. It's just not what it used to be. Yeah, You've got teams that have been in the tournament so much off, so much lately that they weren't into it prior to about 20 or so years ago. So it's it's a very tough conference. So give yeah. Lamont give Lamont time, man. We got, got it. You're going to have to. Yep. Well, Zach – you know, obviously a loaded show for our listeners and everything like that. Uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to mention to our to our listeners and uh, before we hop off the airways? Really just appreciation to our listeners, to our followers on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, TikTok. I mean, all those the, the platforms, man, like and, you know, the whole Pete Limbo shirt thing, uh, that, that was really cool. I hadn't really got to talk about that yet because we haven't done a show since um, since that all came about. But uh, Coach Limbo reached out to me, said he loved the idea. And so I brought it to market. And the next thing you know, we're selling about 25 of these shirts. And once these things get in, we're going to have more go out. But I've had players, current players, reach out to me for one. To, and I've had current players buy one. I've had former players buy one. It's just that stuff right there, man, like I, I'm not making the, the profit that it makes very minimal when it's going to the NIL anyways, but it's it, things like that. It just, yeah, man, it, it gets to me. It's like, man, like you've got these guys actually like interested in stuff that you do. Don't get me wrong. I mean, what Limbo's done is just phenomenal on the field. I think that's just a good way of, you know, paying your, you know, respect towards Limbo with wearing a shirt with his head on, on the shirt. So uh, with his face on the shirt. So I'm excited to see those when they get into the wild. Uh, shouldn't be much longer. Um, I think orders will be shipping out soon on that. And uh, it's something I'm going to keep in the store. I'm just not going to copyright the name or anything. I just think that's just kind of dumb or trademark it. I just, I don't see a reason to doing that. And so um, I just, like I said, guys, a, a sincere thank you for the ones that, you know, bought Limbo, the, the Limbo ball shirts and, um, everybody that has supported us to this point because you guys continue to turn in and turn out for us. And 
Um, I've met a handful of y'all at the video, at the football games and look forward to meeting you guys at some more of the events. So, like I said, man, like I truly do appreciate all the things that you guys have done for us lately. Yeah. Yeah, you know, without you guys, this doesn't exist. Without you guys, South Carolina football isn't, you know, the thing we all come together for for one Saturday, you know, every week, a Saturday a week. You know, every week, however you want to say it, you know, I mean, with with one common goal, and that's to see the Gamecocks win. I'm telling um, you, this fan base is just awesome. And you know, one more thing too about them, man, is like after the Texas A&M game, we held, we did a Twitter space, right? Mm-hmm. And this Twitter space got going. I kid you not, about twelve thirty in the morning, maybe a little earlier than that. And I t- and I tell you, in that time, I, the stats showed about hundred forty or so people came in. And either listened or spoke, you know, spoke, but that late, people are staying up that late to talk football. So it's just, gotta love it, man. I, I miss the, I miss these days. You know, what I mean, it's good, good times in uh, South Carolina. Yeah, hopefully we'll be six and two the next time you hear our voices. But we want to thank you guys for listening to the latest installment of the From A to Z podcast. I'm A, he's Z. Thank you for listening. And are you famously gone?